A study of Proverbs helps you gain wisdom and practice the art of skillful living. The Hebrew word translated wisdom is hakmah. Hakmah describes anybody who has a skill. Some people have political hakmah and know how to get elected. Others have business hakmah and know how to make money. Or athletic hakmah and they can perform at the top of their sport. Still others possess medical hakmah and can heal a broken bone. It takes divine wisdom to raise a child in the fear of the Lord and to avoid the pitfalls of sexual immorality. Do you need financial hakma or relationship hakma? Proverbs is your place to learn and then practice the fine art of skillful living. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Go to any bookstore in America and you'll find thousands of books filled with maxims, axioms, and wise sayings. But not all Proverbs are created equal. Hello, I'm Brian Davis and you're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Coming up next, Ron takes us to the preeminent source of wisdom, the Old Testament book of Proverbs, as he continues his series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Visit somethinggoodradio.org and listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, The Beginning of Knowledge. That's mental agility. That's the ability to dissect a situation with wisdom in a moment and make the right decision. Do you have the ability to do that? Saturate your heart and your mind with Proverbs. Read that chapter a day coupled with five chapters from Psalms, vertical, horizontal wisdom. You're gonna get it, you're gonna grow in this. Number four, we gain from Proverbs the ability to grow up and become street smart. Look at verse 4, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. The word simple here is, is not, uh, well, it means gullible. It means, uh, you know, someone who is, is naive. Uh, this is somebody who makes the same mistake over and over and over again. They pay the stupid tax over and over and over and over again. Wasn't it Judge Judy that says beauty fades, but, but stupid never goes away? And that's true of the fool in Proverbs. Fool me once, shame on me, fool me. No, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. You know, that, that kind of thing. The simple person is gullible. And, you know, a sucker is born every minute. You ever heard that? Uh, some people never grow out of that naivete and gullibleness. Proverbs helps that. It helps you become wise and discern the situations you're in. It's knowledge and discretion for the youth. How many of you have middle school, high school, or college age kids in your family right now, or, or, or that age yourself? Get them here to this series. Do whatever you can to get them within earshot of a study of the book of Proverbs, because this book was primarily written for the next generation. 
You as parents and grandparents need to be here so you know how to train the next generation because that's what Solomon is doing. Over and over again in Proverbs 1 to 9, you hear things like, my son, my son, uh, listen to the uh, counsel and the teaching of your, your mother and your father. He's training the next generation of kings in wisdom from above. And you have a responsibility, I have a responsibility as a parent, as a grandparent, to train up our kids in God's wisdom. If you are a middle school kid or a high school kid or a college kid, get your tail here for the next 10 weeks and sit here and drink in this study from the book of Proverbs. Read it for yourself because it will give you knowledge and discretion and prudence even in your younger years. I've met some young people who have so taken to the Word of God, they have Here's the phrase, wisdom beyond their years. Because we bought into the lie that a little bit of gray hair means you're wise. No, you may just be an old fool. (laughs) Making the same mistake over and over and over and over again. Paying that stupid tax over and over and over again. I say to grow up and become street smart, not the kind of street smarts you're thinking about. I'm talking about streets of gold kind of smarts. Remember, this is wisdom from above. Streets of gold, wisdom from heaven. That's the kind of street smarts you need, and you'll find it in the book of Proverbs. Number five, from the study of the book of Proverbs, (laughs) you'll meet Jesus. You say, wait a minute, preacher, this is in the Old Testament. Jesus is in the New Testament. No, Jesus is in every book of the Bible, prophetically looking forward to his first advent in the Gospels, his life, beyond the Gospels, prophetically looking to his second coming, his second advent. But we're going to meet Jesus because Paul says in his letter to the Colossians, listen to this, he says of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of, the, of wisdom and knowledge. Contained in Jesus Christ is all the wisdom you need, all the knowledge you need, all the ability to make this decision or that decision. Contained in Jesus, hidden in Him are all the treasures of wisdom and of knowledge. Hold your place here in Proverbs and turn just a couple of books over to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40. These verses aren't on the screen. This is extra. I I toss this in free of charge this morning. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13. Listen to this. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Rhetorical questions these are and the implication is nobody taught God. Nobody taught him any knowledge or gave him any counsel or any insight into anything. Contrary to what the open theists say, you know what open theism is, don't you? That's the idea that, well, the reason, you know, the world is the way it is is because God is evolving and he's learning. He's learning. He's just as upset about things as we are, but he's growing and learning. That's called open theism. It's also called hogwash. Okay? Nobody ever taught God. Nobody ever gave him counsel. He never went to school. He never hired a tutor. He doesn't need that. He has perfect knowledge, perfect 
wisdom, perfect counsel every time for all of eternity. In Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Back during the colonial days when this country was founded, our educators understood this. Most of the universities and colleges were started by Christians and for Christian purposes. They used the Bible in their education because they understood that all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Jesus Christ. There is no education apart from the knowledge of God that isn't humanistic and even demonic. We've got to put that category in there. But wisdom comes from above. And you'll never exhaust the knowledge and counsel and wisdom of God. You can't go to a library, even the Library of Congress, and find a library that contains all of the wisdom of God. Uh, uh, Isaiah tells us in verse 28 uh, that his understanding is unsearchable. There's not a search engine on the planet. Google or Bing or Internet Explorer or Safari. There's not a search engine or the combination of all the search engines that contain all the knowledge and all the wisdom and all the counsel and all the insight that God has. You'll never find a place that contains all of that. Paul said at the end of his, uh, uh, his, his, his instruction about the sovereignty of God in Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11, he says, Oh, the depth of the wisdom, both of the uh, uh, wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Even, even the great apostle Paul, this great theological mind, could not exhaust the wisdom and the knowledge and the counsel of God. So why would you go to somebody else, some, some human, some friend, some, some a fortune teller, some, some goofball out there before you ever go to God? Why would you ignore what he tells us and he gives us so graciously in his word? Why would you not saturate your heart and your mind with a reading of the book of Proverbs, let alone all the wisdom of Scripture, so that you're able to discern when you go to other so-called wise counsel the difference between humanistic thinking and philosophies and wisdom from above. You're going to meet Jesus in the Proverbs because in him are hidden all the treasures and all the wisdom and knowledge of God. We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, stop by somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to access the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. With more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic and find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that's our Something Good digital library at somethinggoodradio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. 
You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, They include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, Then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles in Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. Uh, My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. And now with the second half of today's message, The Beginning of Knowledge. Here once again is Dr. Ron Jones. One last thought and then we're, we're finished up. What is the secret to unlocking divine wisdom. Well, it's there in verse seven. It's the most important verse in the entire book of Proverbs. If you don't get this, you'll miss the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter one and verse seven, let's let's say it together. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Again, the early educators who were uh, 
responsible for getting this country started understood this verse. The McGuffey Reader, you ever heard of that? It teaches the ABCs in relation to verses in the Bible that start with A, B, C, D. That's how they learned their ABCs back then and taught the Bible at the same time. Uh, Pretty wise to do that. Uh, But we live in a time where uh, the fear of the Lord is missing. You say, well, Pastor, what's the fear of the Lord all about? Well, there's kind of two sides to the fear of the Lord. It's, it's the beginning of knowledge. It's important for us to understand that, that we're not going to get anything from the book of Proverbs unless we possess this thing called the fear of the Lord. So two sides to this idea of the fear of the Lord. One is, you know, you, is to be afraid. You know, you fear something, you cower in his presence. There is a sense if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you don't know that your sins are forgiven through the cross of Christ and his glorious resurrection, then the Bible says it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You need to know that. But for the believer in Jesus Christ, he has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, the New Testament tells us. God doesn't want us walking around cowering in fear. That's not the believer in Jesus Christ. Now, the other side of fear, this, you know, the other side of this two-sided coin is that fear is awesome respect for who God is and what he says in this book. Awesome respect for it. My fear is that we've become a fearless nation. Let me start there. We became a fearless nation when we took down the Ten Commandments in our classrooms and we said, we don't need that stuff. Disrespecting God's word. And then we're sitting here a generation later, scratching our heads, wondering why our uh, culture is, is spiraling out of control and nobody has the, the ability to discern what is right and just and fair. Nobody can figure out how to fix it because we've lost the fear of God, that awesome respect for what he says in his word. We've lost that in our country. And I pray that a revival would come to God's people and to our nation where we are once again a nation that fears God. But you may have lost the fear of the Lord in your own heart. Simple thing. Is this book collecting dust? If you're not in the Word of God regularly, then aren't you disrespecting what he says to you, this love letter that he wrote to you, this repository of wisdom? You could could care less enough about it than than to pick it up and at least read it every day, a portion of it. The fear... The awesome respect for who God is and what he says is the beginning of knowledge. He will open up the floodgates of knowledge and wisdom and insight and discernment and prudence, the ability to make the right decision, to say what is right and just and fair. And He'll open up the floodgates if you just move a little bit toward him and say, God, I have such respect for this book. I'm going to carve out a time in my day, every day, to read it. If the President of the United States wrote you a letter, you got it in the mail, would you read it? Or would you disrespect the office so much you'd just toss it in the trash or just, you know, yeah, I got that six months ago. I, I haven't picked it up for a while. It's the way a lot of us are with the Bible. And what I'm encouraging you to do in this series, your homework is very simple. Read a chapter of Proverbs a day. Try to add five psalms to that. That's your assignment for the next 10 weeks. And doing so, you'll read through the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms a couple of times. 
And let's remember that the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But as Proverbs does so wonderfully, in a, in a pithy little way, it turns it around the other way. Fools, fools despise wisdom and instruction. And the question over these next 10 weeks is, are we going to be a church full of fools or wise people? Thanks for being here for today's Something Good radio message, The Beginning of Knowledge. Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. Ron, something has always intrigued me about the life of Solomon. Here is the wisest man who ever lived, other than Jesus Christ, and he ends up doing some very unwise things. Foreign entanglements with other governments, wives from other countries who brought their pagan beliefs with them and led Solomon astray. What can we take away from this dramatic irony, this contrast between Solomon's teaching and his own behavior later in life? You're absolutely right, Brian. You know, it's ironic. It's also a great warning to all of us. Everyone from a brand new believer in Jesus to a seasoned veteran of the faith to the wisest man on earth, everyone is still human, still imperfect, still capable of making some big mistakes. But I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. Everything Solomon said in Proverbs is still true. In fact, his own misbehavior is part of the proof for that because there were some rather sad consequences to his behavior, which is exactly what his own writings said would happen. And I think one of the practical lessons we can learn from this is that no matter what we've done ourselves, God's truth is still God's truth. And we have been called to train our children in that truth, even to hold one another accountable to it. In love, of course, but we're called to do it. This is another great irony. Imperfect people, as we are, with a mandate to share God's perfect truth with one another. Now, don't let your own past mistakes prevent you from sharing God's truth. Uh, Maybe you stole a couple of dollars from your own mom's purse. Well, tell your kids not to steal anyway. Uh, Maybe you had sex outside of marriage. Encourage your children and your friends to remain sexually pure. Uh, Maybe you broke into a swimming pool or egged a friend's car or drank too much alcohol or smoked marijuana. Uh, Whatever it is you did, however many times you did it, you're not disqualified from teaching your children the right way to live or from helping other people see the right way to live. That does not make you a hypocrite. That's a lie from the devil himself who would like nothing better than to see complete and total anarchy and to paralyze you in some way from being the parent or the friend that God has called you to be. Now, make no mistake, uh, some of the people you confront may say, "Uh, who are you to tell me not to have sex outside of marriage? Uh, You did it. Uh, You're just being a hypocrite. Well, again, no, you're just being a responsible parent or a responsible friend, uh, someone who doesn't want to see another person make the same mistakes you did. God's truth is always God's truth. No amount of past mistakes should stop you from sharing his truth and his wisdom with others. That's Dr. Ron Jones with a little wisdom of his own and some great final thoughts on today's message, The Beginning of Knowledge. Coming your way next time, Ron has more from the book of Proverbs in his message, Choosing Friends Wisely. So Ron, tell us what's in store as we move ahead in this series. 
Well, Brian, one of the fundamental truths of the Christian life is that no one was meant to live it alone. Uh, No one is even capable of living the Christian life successfully all by themselves. Uh, You need not only the Holy Spirit, but other people to help you along the way. In fact, you can't fulfill God's will for your life without the assistance of other people. God designed it that way. He hardwired us for partnership, for relationship, for, for connections. I'll begin a two-part message on how to choose the kind of friends and partners who will build you up in your faith, who will spur you on to good works, who will help you grow in Christ. And I think, Brian, we could all use a practical reminder about the relationships we forge. And I'll have more as I move ahead in my series from the book of Proverbs called Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Choosing Friends Wisely. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.